Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is October 26th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over some of my thoughts from last week's victory against the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Dolphins won this game by a score of 16-10, to 10, but it was a game that left a lot of people saying that a win is a win, and typically that's not what you want to hear after a victory, but it does ring true in this one. But this is not necessarily what I expected to be the outcome of this one based early on and how things were going, uh, to the extent that I almost want to offer an apology to people on the internet because I said at the beginning of this game, it was a tweet and it said, for years I'd watch other teams and wonder why they can move the ball so easily down the field, yet it took the Dolphins so much effort to create a solid drive. It feels amazing to be on the other side of that now. And that was uh, something I tweeted after the Dolphins' initial drives in this game because Tua was back at the helm. It was a return from him after those injuries that he suffered against Buffalo and then against Cincinnati. Well, he was back after that concussion that he suffered and in this game the opening drive he commanded the team down the field a 71 yard drive that was capped off by a touchdown to Raheem Mostert everything looked great even on that ensuing drive after that the Dolphins forced a three and out the Dolphins took the field again traveled down this time 59 yards had to settle for a field goal but I thought all things were pointing to this being just a massive blowout the Dolphins offense seemed to be flowing the Pittsburgh Steelers offense Throughout the season so far, especially since Kenny Pickett has taken over, things have not looked good for him. All signs to me were pointing to this just being a massive blowout in the Dolphins' favor on a primetime game. I was excited. So I tweeted that out, and it seemed like almost immediately after I tweeted that out, the Dolphins' offense just became completely just lackluster. Things started falling apart. There were a handful of opportunities you can point to, whether it was at the fault of Tua. He he did look indeed kind of rusty when you look at the entire scope of this game, but there were also some plays that you kind of look at the coaching and whether Mike McDaniel was to blame for some of the mistakes, whether it was, you know, uh, with clock management or whether it was just questionable decisions, which I will talk about in a bit, but overall, the Dolphins offense kind of sputtered out of control, leaving this to the defense to kind of put the brunt of the work on their back, and if you look at the Dolphins defense recently, this is a group, especially in the secondary that has lost a handful of guys most recently Nick Needham in this secondary already very depleted well they had to rely on some of these other guys to create turnovers initially the first pick we saw from the Dolphins defense was from Justin Bethel which was a very clutch play uh you know there was some debate whether there was some entanglement between his legs and the defenders whether it was pass interference or not regardless of that a big turnover on his part but then towards the tail end of this game with Pittsburgh driving into Miami territory, Javon Holland came away with a clutch interception that we thought, okay, at least at that point, I said this was a game-saving pick. I thought the Dolphins' offense with minimal time left on the clock would be able to put the nail in the coffin here, but that was not the case. Pittsburgh got the ball yet again with a chance to take the lead. They were driving into Miami territory, and this time it was Noah Igbenogany who came away with a very acrobatic interception along the sidelines, contorted his feet to get both of them inbounds, toe-tap, seal the game, and that was ball game for Miami. But it wasn't all pretty. There were a ton of tough moments that left people saying 
a win is a win. So when we look at Tua Tungavailoa, early on in that game, I thought he looked great. He was getting the ball out extremely quick. Kind of the characteristic things that we've seen from Tua, a lot of the good things that his accuracy was there early on. He was making those quick reads. It seemed like he was making some adjustments. Everything looked good from Tua at the beginning of this one. But throughout the course of the game, we started to see that rust. And by the end of it, you could argue whether it was three or whether it was four, but the Pittsburgh Steelers secondary dropped a ton of picks in this one. There was one that he threw along the left sideline where he kind of lobbed it up looking, I believe, in Tyreek Hill's direction, severely underthrown that uh, one of the cornerbacks for the Steelers just dropped an easy pick. Then there was another play towards the right side of the field where Tua put it just in the chest of a Pittsburgh Steelers defensive back. That was a huge drop pick for them. And then there was a third down situation. I believe they ran a little bootleg out to the left side. Uh, It seemed like Tyreek Hill was in double coverage there. And regardless, the the placement on that ball was really bad. And it was another drop pick uh, that could have easily completely shifted how we're viewing Tua's performance. But in all, 21 passes for 35 yards, 261 yards passing. And he did have this one touchdown, uh, the one that I mentioned where he looked in the direction of Raheem Mostert along the sidelines, was able to kind of avoid the pressure. That was a great play, a very heads-up play, and he looked really comfortable out there early on. So uh, my main takeaway from Tua, hopefully we can just chalk it up to rust. Uh, I know I mentioned uh, last year and throughout the course of Tua's career that it seemed like he had to kind of get rid of those bonehead plays where there would be one or two just very bad picks that left you wondering what were you even looking at there. This could have easily been the case in this one, but hopefully we can just chalk it up to rust. Overall, though, I think the offense does look a lot better, a lot more confident when Tua is at the helm. So I don't think there should be any controversy whether, uh, you know, there's any quarterback that looks better at commanding this team. I do think that's still Tua, and I don't think it's really even close. But regardless, I do have to say this was a very rusty performance from Tua in this one. Now, as for the rushing game, Raheem Mostert looked phenomenal, I thought. 16 carries for 79 yards. A lot of the plays, just a ton of yards after the contact. He was constantly falling forward to the extent that I thought he should have gotten just about every carry in this game, which I'm going to use to talk about this very questionable decision I thought from Mike McDaniel. It was a third and two situation. The Dolphins ended up calling a timeout as they were going into uh, Pittsburgh territory. Third and two situation, and they elect to run the ball with Chase Edmonds. Okay, fine. Uh, Frankly, I think if you're going to call a timeout, then you should at least come with a little bit more of a creative play than an RPO that ends up going to Chase Edmonds, who at that point in the game looks severely inefficient in the running game, but whatever. But then the Dolphins elect to go for it on fourth and three, despite that run not going anywhere. They could have taken the points, make this a nine point lead, a two possession game, but they go for it and they call yet another run to Chase Edmonds. And this one went nowhere either. So the Dolphins don't come away with any points out of that drive. They turn the ball over on downs. At that point, it's important to note, Tua was averaging eight yards per pass attempt. Raheem Mostert at that point was averaging over five yards a carry. Both of those would have looked like the better option. I know a lot of times you'll hear, especially in those primetime games, when it's Mahomes, when it's Tom Brady, when you have a big play like that on the line, typically you want your best player 
to have the ball in their hands. And most people would say, well, if you're confident in your young quarterback, put it in his hand in those situations. And that is not what they did. They gave it back to back uh, to Chase Edmonds, a head scratcher. I didn't agree with that. A lot of people are saying whether Chase Edmonds' role on this team should be completely just eradicated. I don't know if I would go that far. I know I was very excited when they initially made the move for Chase Edmonds early on in this in the offseason. I do think he offers a, a very unique skill set. And at the same time, there were a lot of question marks whether Raheem Mostert, who has battled a ton of injuries recently, whether he would look like the same player that he did back in his prime over there in San Francisco. Well, right now, Raheem Mostert looks like he hasn't lost a step. He looks phenomenal out there. He should definitely be the workhorse back of this team. And I do think that Chase Edmonds, based on the way he's been playing, maybe instead of this uh, perception that a lot of us had that it was going to be a split down the middle in carries, that maybe Chase Edmonds at this point should be relegated to just a change of pace back or maybe a third down back when it's an obvious pass situation. But as of right now, Raheem Mostert, all signs are pointing to him just being the, the flat out workhorse back of this team. Now, defensively, I did mention how this was just a nice little showcase from the defense. I had people telling me they weren't happy with uh, Jalen Phillips' performance all season, that he's kind of been a ghost out there. Well, in this one, he came away with one and a half sacks. Uh, you know, a lot of it can be chalked up to Zach Sealer providing some excellent pressure, uh, you know, forcing the quarterback in Jalen Phillips' direction. But I thought there was a lot of improvement, I thought, from the Dolphins' front in this game. Uh, the running game uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris hasn't looked good all season, but in this one, the, there wasn't really much going. Anytime you can force three interceptions, especially with a depleted secondary, is something to be proud of, but I am worried. This was a game where the Dolphins suffered yet another injury in their secondary, this time to Brandon Jones, who has had just these massive, massive uh, huge turnovers throughout the season. He's made these awesome strip sacks or big sacks in key moments. He's always out there, it seems like, flying in at the edge and providing uh, great pressure out there. So losing Brandon Jones in a secondary that is already missing a ton of guys is huge. So it is important to note the Dolphins did work out. A veteran in this league, a guy who at one point was a pro bowler in Malcolm Butler. So look for the Dolphins to be either bolstering their secondary with him or another little addition here. Maybe they could even make a trade, but there are so many guys that are missing from this secondary that it's hard for me to not say that there is some very massive concern. They held up fine in this game, I thought, but it's not every single week that you're going to be going up against a guy like Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett has struggled. He's a rookie. He's making a ton of mistakes. Even that, that interception to uh, Noah Igbenogany, I don't even know necessarily what he was looking at on that play. It was just completely a bonehead play for from Kenny Pickett. So it's not every single week that's going to happen. There's going to be more talented quarterbacks, more talented receiver groups out there. This to me is a very real concern. I can shrug off maybe the idea that Tua was rusty here. We can chalk it up to that. The running game looks good. There's a huge amount of weapons on the offensive side of the ball here, uh, but the defense, the secondary, I don't know what the Dolphins are going to do. To me, that's the biggest issue. It didn't show in this game, but just based on foresight and what we can look forward to, that, to me, huge issue. So my other takeaway, Tua Tungavailoa, I think, is a consensus, uh, you know, commander of this team. It may not have been his best performance, but I do think if you expect the team to compete, if you want to see him in the playoffs, if you want to see him go deep into the playoffs, it's going to have to be with Tua at the helm. And I think even though this was not his best performance, it's clear that he is the guy who's going to command this team. And then the next one is that Raheem Mostert, to me, is the undisputed workhorse back. He frankly looks like 
like one of the best running backs the Dolphins have had in a while since maybe that, uh, you know, unexpected Jay Ajayi season and guys like Lamar Miller. And I know that may not be saying the, uh, you know, the most considering the Dolphins have had to rely on guys like Miles Gaskin and Savon Ahmed and, uh, you know, Kenyon Drake, who had a, you know, terrific athletic skill set, but he was never really able to connect all the dots there. And Savon Ahmed and even Patrick Laird at one point, it hasn't been a great group, but I do think this is going to be, you know, uh, at least a two-dimensional offense. And frankly, that isn't something we have seen from the Dolphins in quite some time. So I do think it's something that's going to help a lot when you consider just the amount of weapons on the offensive side of the ball, how things could easily open up. So guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up today's episode. As always, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so. That is at ShadySteven and at via the source. Any topics, questions, things you'd like for me to discuss in a future episode, feel free to reach out to me over there. Would love to know what you guys think. That is how I'm going to wrap it up, guys. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso, and this was Via the Source.